0: Only yesterday did I look up Parkland, Florida on the map and where Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School is located, and it shocked me to find that it is a mere 14 minutes from J.P. Taravella High School, where I graduated from many years ago. For some reason, the shooting became even more jarring, more emotional, because I couldn't distance from it as much as I could have had the event occurred at a random high school that I had no connection with. So today, we want to talk about the shooting in Parkland and specifically at how this potentially unifying event where 14 students and three adults were killed has already become politicized and disturbingly divisive. Of course, the national spotlight has been on guns and mental health, but since that's been and is being discussed at great length, we instead want to talk about how each one of us actually has a role in the shooting's aftermath through our interaction with social media. What should that role be? In other words, what now? This is Gritty Girls, a place where you can come to process the issues and topics your girlfriends, family, or co-workers may or may not be discussing. However, you're thinking about these issues, so let's dive into them together. Hi everyone, I'm Christina Lee.
1: And I'm Leslie Campbell, and we are the Gritty Girls. What now? To help us answer that question is Dr. Kimo Quaintens, who's been on our show in the past. He's a teacher, researcher, and consultant specializing in human-centered innovation that leverages emerging technologies such as AI. He's the co-founder of his consultancy, IQ Gemini, and is based in Munich, Germany. Dr. Quaintens often gives talks on society, human behavior, and social media and their interrelation. Welcome again, Dr. Quaintance, and thank you so much for coming on
0: and helping us get through this tough subject.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show.
0: So to help set up our discussion, um, I'd like to lay the groundwork a little bit. When we ask that question, what now, we're saying that in terms of how we're interacting with social media. We're asking how should we use social media and how should we conduct ourselves in the aftermath of a crisis such as the Parkland shooting. It's important because social media is no longer a hobby. It's become a way or the way for some people to process issues in our culture, our society, and the news events that occur in our country and the world. In contrast to this, our parents made sense of events by gathering with their families around the nightly news. Everyone heard the same information, so they had some common ground in order to work through differences. Our generation, me being in my 40s, um, Leslie, you being in your 30s, You know, I grew up on CNN, and uh, the people of my generation and Dr. Quaintance, you know, we ingested pretty much the same information. So again, there was at least agreement about the facts, even while we disagreed about what the solution should be. Today, however, we are isolated Each on our own smartphones, on our own virtual islands, getting fed information through a computing algorithm that gives us only the views we want to hear, convincing us even more so that our views are the right views. And what's exacerbating this condition is foreign interference by the Russians, who are tweeting and posting with words that fan the flames of our isolation. In fact, they pounced um, after the Parkland shooting by posting with hashtags such as gun control now, gun reform now. Um, An organization called New Knowledge, which uh, tracks online disinformation, was quoted as saying, the bots focus on anything that is divisive for Americans. Almost systematically. So, I see the danger that um, we're in is that we're each increasingly operating in alternate realities. So, my question is how do we fix that? What do you guys think? How do we fix this?
1: (laughs) That's a loaded question. (laughs) I know. That's a a huge question. So, chemo. How do we fix it?
2: (laughs) How do we fix American (laughs) society?
1: Yes. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, when when you come down to it, I I think I think you you diagnosed some of the problem really well, and that and that you know puts a challenge to us of you know we all have access to the world's information, but we we tend to choose information that doesn't confront us too much, you know, to to Mm -hmm. challenge our own worldviews. It you know it, it opens up opportunities for us to reinforce our biases. It opens up opportunities for us to kind of reinforce the things we're disgusted with, and I and I think. You know, the challenge for all of us is to get out of those easy, very self-satisfying patterns of outrage and disgust towards another side, you know, things that we, if we step back even a half step from, you know, that we realize that we're really active participants in that divisiveness. You know, we have this huge challenge as a society to make sense of events now to try to come up with some, some, uh, you know, common way of pushing forward and, and building consensus. But, you know, emotionally it's so tempting to just feel self-righteous and, and to feel like, you know, you're, you're, uh, not part of the problem. You're, you're only part of the solution. And I think we all have to take a, take a stronger role in challenging ourselves on that.
0: Yeah. The fact so, that we are each part of the solution. We need to look in the mirror. I think so. Yeah. You,
2: yeah, you know, look in the mirror, and also, and also, you know, try to try to see: Are you being someone who is furthering the divisiveness, or are you trying to further the actual conversations that that we need to uh, to make sense of these things? You know, it's not like everyone can can come together and agree on everything, but are are we are we having conversations online in ways that are really opening up dialogue, that are opening us up to think, that are challenging us, or? Are we just promoting the kinds of discussions online that make us feel good about ourselves? Uh,
0: you know, I think the, the, the problem is that we're not even really engaging, right? I mean, so the question yeah. that I've asked myself is that, you know, right after the shooting, I found myself posting um, uh, articles that had to do with gun reform. Um, that had to do with how do we, you know, how do we get guns off the street and get them out of the hands of, you know, these individuals. And um, obviously, you know, as I was posting them, I, you know, I had these thoughts of one, I'm preaching to the choir for those who agree with me. And then all I'm doing is um, making the people who are against gun reform um, you know, feeling very defensive. Now, you know, I don't want to talk about guns because, again, you know, it's. it's that's c- a
1: whole other podcast.
0: Well, it, it, it is, and it's not really at the heart of the problem. Right. What we have is a cultural um, war that's happening. And so, because of that, we're, we're not really able to engage, you know, there. And so, the question I have is, um, you know, do we first just ask ourselves, um, like you said chemo um, to uh, to pause. And so it's the question number one, should we all stop sharing and posting articles? maybe maybe that's a start. Um, <laughs> you know, because it, the moment someone sees my post and it's from the New York Times, I can already see some of my friends who yes. are conservative and I don't mean like maybe extreme extreme conservative, but conservative rolling their eyes already. as oh. incredible as it is. Yeah, that's the world I feel like we're living in right now. I, I don't know if that's happening in in Germany um, where you are chemo, uh, but here, you know in Texas mm-hmm. and with friends that I have, I know that that's happening. And so yeah. I've had thoughts of, you know, not posting. And so I've created actually a guideline uh, for myself, and I wonder if we can each just create a simple, even three point guideline. OK, uh, one of which has already been talked about during the 2016 presidential election. Right. Which is check the veracity of the article before you post. Um, but I think that, you know, if we can do one thing even before that, it, which is if you're feeling impassioned, if you're feeling emotional, don't post. It's <laughs> like, like if the I'm, old adage. Right. <laughs>
1: you know, do you send a letter to, uh, to someone when you're angry? Remember when we were kids? Yes. And my mom would tell me, you know, write it out sleep on it then (laughs) read it again yes but we don't have that same diligence that we do towards the social media posts I think we're even more careful about email you know because you have to spend time typing it out right and And it's to one person It's to one person. well usually unless you right 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 (laughs) reply all I've seen some reply all disasters yes but
0: (laughs) what do you think chemo? I mean, first about some of those guidelines, but, you know, about this behavior. I
2: think, I think, you, I think, I think you bring up some really good points that, that all of us can be much better about improving our information literacy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone can be better about, uh, you know, understanding what are, what are good and bad sources, really being able to tell the difference between opinion and analysis. Um, the, the, you know, another side of it is, is we could all be much better at promoting civil discourse, and and you know I think social media is just, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, it's a really terrible medium for doing that. You know, it's hmm. a really terrible Agreed. medium for for having any real kind of discussions and dialogues. It's it's for most people, it's an echo chamber, and the algorithms that support those kind of things reinforce those 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 little information bubbles. So, I mean, when it comes to something like this, uh, you know, the question that I have to ask myself is how often am I posting about something versus actually having a conversation with someone? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I notice that, that, that I can post, you know, a dozen articles on things that I, you know, I feel very strongly about and I strongly agree with. But then as soon as I start to have to articulate my own ideas and my own words, you know, I realize that, that, I, that I often don't really have the, the, the tools to do that. Because Mm -hmm. I've been outsourcing my thinking to to somebody else all this time.
0: It's like doing the podcast, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you you have these thoughts rolling around. And then when I finally sit down to prepare is when I really have to kind of – really have to figure out, okay, what do I really think about this? Yeah. You know, and I have to think deeper about it. Um, And a lot of us when we're just reading an article and posting haven't done that, right? Well, a fear that I have
1: is that um, we've – because, you know, we talk about their al- algorithm, you know, on these social media sites, but, which definitely feeds our biases. We are so divided at the point to where, um, like, I think it, it's hard to find a source that, that you could share where someone doesn't roll their eyes at. So, for instance, someone who's more liberal leaning, if they see that you have shared a post from Fox News or maybe a Matt Walsh, a blog entry you're immediately like oh my god whatever and you're most likely not going to read it however someone more conservative leaning is going to roll their eyes if you post something from CNN or the New York Times Mm -hmm. so it's it's almost like we've divided up into these little camps and we question people who are in the other camp and we automatically discount anything that they have to say because surely nothing valuable could come from the other camp, from that enemy camp. And we're unable to talk to one another. We're unable to hear one another. And instead of coming together over the concern of, of a problem, such as school shootings, you know, our focus should be how can we make our children safe that's not the focus. Immediately, I see memes, you know, flying on Facebook, you know, well, it's because you took God out of schools, or we should arm teachers. And, uh, and, and then, you know, from the other sphere, you know, we need to ban guns, look at Australia. And it's like, it's just this barrage of back and forth and so much chatter when at the end of the day, it's like, is this helping? are we really working towards something? Because I just feel like we're just bashing one another and getting nowhere.
0: We are.
2: We are bashing
0: one another. Uh, Everyone is operating from... a place of defense. Yes, um, because again, what's happened here in America is that um, we we really do have a culture war, and so what's happening is that each side is feeling shamed by the other, mm-hmm. and everyone is trying to get back on solid ground in, in terms of their morality. Mm-hmm. They want to feel like they don't want to feel as bad as the other side wants to make them feel. And so they know that when a shooting happens, fingers are gonna start pointing. And so each camp is trying to defend. And yeah. so when you have that, there is no real dialogue. And so there's a group, there's this group called Better Angels and they're going around uh, the country and pulling uh, you know, groups of people who are blue and groups of people who are red and getting them into a room together and really talking about how they feel when the other side, you know, uses words like, um, you know, how the red are stereotyped as being ignorant, mm-hmm. uh, racist, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then the blue, you know, that they're uh, accused of being elitists and that they have some kind of moral moral superiority. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they were able to get together, and some people were crying. Um, you know, talking about how, you know, one side, you know, uh, they don't want to be perceived as being racist, Mm -hmm. and the other side doesn't want to be perceived as having no morals. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what they were able to get at the end of that meeting was, um, they were able to see each other as human beings. Yeah, they were able to get beyond... um, it's hard All to of see those angry words, right? Yes,
1: it's hard to see each other as human beings behind a keyboard. I
0: think, and so I wonder, you know, if when we do post something, if I'm going to post an article, you know, from now on, um, first I post when I'm not feeling, you know, angry, um, and when I'm not angry, and I post something, and I think, okay, this is really valid. I've checked this out. But I've do seen I a lot of people.
1: Telling others and admonishing others to get angry and to keep speaking from that place of anger, so that something can be done. That's another thing that we're up against. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd like to hear Chemo's thoughts on
2: that. Oh, I mean uh, that's that's a really that's a really difficult one. I mean, you you can say that that on some cases, and you know, maybe maybe the the issue of of what to do about gun violence is one of them mm-hmm. that that a lot of the paralysis that we've been experiencing is because people have been very moderate about the issue. You know, hmm. they've been, people haven't been mobilizing about this. People haven't been sustaining, uh, you know, protests or actions. You know, that you, you look at, at what had changed in the shooting, and it was this mobilization of young people uh, around the issue, you know, demanding change. And, uh, you know, you, whether they do that with anger or whether they do that with passion, You can you can have yeah. some finer debate in there. But, you know, some of these issues, they're they're not going to come to the fore by everyone sitting around and thinking about, you know, how do I make the most, you know, even handed way of attaching the facts to some random argument here on an <laughs> online post? You know, some of it is by having 50,000 people show up at the state house. Yeah. Um, and that, that requires some passion. That requires energy. Um, you know, I, 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 think, I think part of the thing that makes our country so interesting is that is that you know there isn't one way to do it. There there are these movements that involve people getting together and and, and getting impassioned and going face to face to try to, to try to express their uh, express what they think should be done in society. You know, I don't I, I know this doesn't really get this conversation any further to say, you know, well, let's find some absolute rule for how to deal with these things. I, I think the more time that we spend online, you know, circulating ideas that no one's really changing their minds about is probably wasting time, but the more time that we spend actually meeting up with other people, you know, finding out how we can take action together, finding out how we can uh, we can come to some sort of common cause, uh, you know, that's time that's going to be valuable. But but a lot of this online chatter is not; it's just wasted energy.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's. I, I think that maybe that really reflects. How much a minority can be very loud. And when I say that, I mean, um, you know, the, the the people against gun reform, right? Mm-hmm. When the vast majority, at least, you know, according to the polls, are that the vast majority of Americans believe in sensible gun yeah. reform. Um, and so, yeah, why aren't right, we? You'll have a
1: small group of people that yeah. will say, they're trying to take your guns away. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no one's trying to do that.
0: You know, yeah, and so what is Or if it there take? is,
1: it's a very small group of people, yeah. and it's not going to happen unless they, you know, somehow change the constitution.
0: Well, so you know, so I'm wondering, Kimo, if you feel like, you know, I question myself and and Leslie. Mm-hmm. So, why aren't we mobilizing like you and me? Why aren't I don't we know joining? what to do.
1: I feel like this podcast episode is hopefully a my way. And maybe you feel the same of hopefully adding a positive contribution. I feel like if I can somehow just inspire people who disagree to try to come together, to work together, to unify in some way, I feel like that would be a huge contribution. Because the truth is, is that there will be no changes. There will, con- there, will be much, there will be more school shootings if we are unable to come together and hold a, an adult discussion um, and work towards a common goal. If we can't do that, then there are going to be more parents laying their kids to rest.
0: Well, do we compare this to the civil rights issue, Kimo? I mean, where some people are just intractable.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's an issue where, where you know, it, it is an illusion that you're going to get everyone to come together to have some consensus. Like, if there's any change out of this, there are going to be some people who are very upset about it, one way or another. You know, I think the goal, I think there really is a positive goal in getting people together, getting people who are, you know, meeting on a kind of a human level to try to reduce the sense of threat. You know, because, because anything that is leading to more violence, you know, anything that's leading to more kind of breakdown of trust, in 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 you know in our fellow Americans, that's something that is is highly toxic. I mean, that's that's what the Russians are are absolutely trying to foster. They're trying to foster, you know, the, really the erosion of civil society. And civil society, you know, you roughly say can can be boiled down to how much do you do you trust your neighbors?
0: The fact that you mentioned that this breakdown of trust, because Leslie and I we were talking um, earlier, um, I talked about how. The fact that we are living, we're each living in a different reality is what Mm -hmm. it feels like. You know, when I talk to some people, some friends, people that I know who have a very different perception or ideas about the same issue, and I don't mean that they have a different opinion. They're like operating from a different reality. And I feel like as if we keep going down that road, that it can lead to... I don't want to say war, but gosh, it feels like there will be some kind of breakdown that we've never seen before.
2: Or are we overreacting? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I, I kind of I go back and forth on it. I mean, there are times when I think, you know, when I'm actually in the United States, if I'm in a tiny town in, in the mountains of Colorado, if I'm somewhere in Texas, if I'm in New York City, if I'm in LA, like it doesn't matter what size place I go, every time I interact with people, and I see people interacting with each other. my faith is restored
0: because I mean, I see the, uh-huh. well,
2: because I see the essential goodness of of, of Americans and the essential like Americans at their heart I think are fundamentally generous, they're fundamentally caring they they fundamentally want to look out for each other. Uh, you know you you don't just see this this type of like breakdown that you'd see in suspicion you see in in some other countries where you know, places you go, there's there's one camp that's armed against the other or but, do you feel when, that it's more look, online
1: yeah. that we're feeling that? Do you feel like it's kind of oh, absolutely. created an illusion in a way?
2: Oh yeah, online and in the media. I mean, you know, we're reinforcing we're reinforcing a kind of an industry that is fed on divisiveness and that is fed on anger. It's fed on rage. And and we get enraged and we feel you know, that things are going to break down and, you know, we don't know if the, the, you know, the people on the other side are actually going to go ballistic and start shooting the place up, you know, but, but I think when you actually get down and you meet people like that, that reality is, 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 you know, is far from what you actually see. You know,
1: I, I kind of, I really kind of have to agree with you there just because, you know, I've traveled in different parts of our country and, um, I can say the same thing, where my interactions have been positive and I've met all different kinds of people from different backgrounds, different races, different religions, and um, it feels like like when you talk about the media kind of feeding this, because they do, it does thrive on this division. It's very sinister.
0: Mm-hmm. I, it's, I think it's, it's the natural uh, result of the business model um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, and so this is the dark side of that. You know, the positive side is that the students um, of Parkland, you know, of this high school, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, they were able to, uh, to, say what they feel. They yeah. had a platform, mm-hmm. right? They were able to get that out to the public. Uh, they didn't have to wait to be interviewed by, you know, a network. So that's the positive side of having social media. The dark side is all of the things that we're talking about. Exactly. And so maybe it is a, you know, perception thing. But at what point does that perception um, – and I think that this is why, you know, the Russian interference by the Russian bots is so concerning, is that how, at what point does, you know, the poison spread where it starts to to really infect, yeah. infect us? So, you know, I think that an example of, chemo um, what you're saying, and Leslie, that, you know, people are good, Americans are good. You know, when I started to... Um, you know, when I started homeschool, mm-hmm. you know, I began to meet more conservative families mm-hmm. and friends and women, people that I would probably not have been friends with before. I would not have sought them out.
1: Well, and you may not have – your circles may not have crossed have theirs. Have crossed. Right.
0: Um, and they definitely politically lean conservative right. uh, compared to me. But they're wonderful people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I would never uh, judge them uh, in terms of being my friend or, or yeah. in terms of what a good person they are. They are by the political leanings um, that they have, and I refuse to do that. Yeah, um, they're wonderful people, and mm-hmm. so it was really eye opening uh, for yeah. me. And I think that really goes to show that. Um, Yes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it restores my faith. Yeah. And it really shows us that we, we have to talk to one another and see that we're right. all human beings.
2: Right. Yeah. And, we have to, and we have to continually be reinforcing this idea that we are all in this together. Like mm-hmm. there is no solution that, that you know, that, that is just for one side. Like we are fundamentally in all of these problems together. Like that's, that's, the, that's a real lesson that I, that I get from German political culture. And, you know, of course they have a different history. They've had a complete societal disaster that, that, has, that has shaped their thinking about, about how you create consensus in a society. But the thing that I'm always impressed about is when you hear Germans talking about, you know, what's going on in society and political debates, like the most common thing that I will hear is some variation of, well, you know, I, I really don't like where they're coming from or I don't like this idea, but in the end we all have to find a way to move forward together mm-hmm. right like and, and, and I think even just saying those kinds of things yes like creating that as a value that we actively repeat and promote like that's essential to to, to reshaping our political culture into something that is based more on our collective identity, the collective goodness of the American people, which is enormous. And we have to reiterate, we have to find a way to move forward together. together. That's so, the only way.
1: Yeah. So we really need to change our language and the way that we Absolutely. speak about the other <laughs> camp and, and, and actually probably get rid of this whole idea of the other anyway, and see us all... Um, as one uh, I just watched Black Panther yesterday so as one tribe as he says in the end so that's kind of on my brain but um,
2: yeah well I mean just to use as a, as a as a thought exercise you know put yourself in a little fantasy world that, that whatever article you read or whatever post you read from whichever side imagine how you would feel about it if it ended with those words in the end we all have to find a way to move forward together yeah. Imagine mm-hmm. how you might interpret the message. Imagine how you might interpret the intent of it. If, if if you were hearing that message, if you knew at the end that there was this desire uh, to, 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 to keep a society together.
0: Wouldn't it be great if everyone who is tweeting would do that? Because <laughs> if we just scroll down our Twitter feed right now, it's really snarky. Yes. And oh, yeah, hateful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think... You know, and these are coming from people who have a lot of followers who are intelligent. And, you know, it seems like in the Twitter world, everyone's looking for uh, to put out some uh, witty or snarky comment, and it's not helpful. It's not cute. Just stop it already, is what I feel like saying.
2: Twitter is a terrible, terrible medium.
0: Tell us, bad. tell me what you think. I really want to know because I only began digging into Twitter after we started the podcast, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, I think Twitter, I mean, Twitter has, Twitter, you know, it's like all social media in some way. It has some incredible value. It's an incredible research tool. It's an incredible way of, you know, digging into all kinds of different opinions and, you know, for people to sustain interesting arguments, you know, all that stuff. However, that represents like one or two percent of what happens on Twitter. <laughs> and the rest of it is just like a cesspool.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so have you disengaged uh, from Twitter? V- oh, yeah. Because... And my
2: life is so much better because of it. <laughs> yeah, I used I used, you know, I, I was like my probably my most active period of viewing Twitter was right around the election. Mm-hmm. You know, the election in the immediate aftermath, because there were so <laughs> many voices that I wanted to follow. There were so many people that I was trying to like get some kind of you know, confirmation about what was happening and You know, and I was so, I was on it all the time. And the quality of my life degraded in absolutely measurable ways. Like, my stress levels went up. My physical, like, physical pains, you know, sort of symptomatic back pains from psychological stress went up. But, like, uh, no joke, that was, the uh, high engagement on Twitter was damaging to my health. Yeah, I feel like
1: that about Facebook. I find myself... If I get on social media, I spend more time on Instagram. It's a more friendlier place. It's it's visual, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and if there's an image you find interesting, some people choose to tell stories about it, and I find that a bit more engaging. I'm I follow a lot of different artists and makers, and so I kind of get sucked into this artistic and world and and travel um, travel feeds that I follow. So it's. Um, it's more feeding to my soul, and then mm-hmm. if I switch over to Facebook, I feel like I need a shower after I've been on it a little while. Twitter's worse.
0: Yeah, Twitter is worse. But yes, I mean, I I, I agree with you. I mean, at least you know, I think with Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. there, I think there are more positive.
1: Yeah, friends post pictures. You know, of what they're yeah, doing exactly.
2: And... Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know that you know, ridding ridding these tools from our lives completely is the right thing. You know, I'm. Maybe the closest analogy would be it's it's a little bit like sugar, <laughs> and that I, I like I love having sugar in my life in in certain ways. You know, I love having that ability to you know c- contact other people and to check up on their lives and to see you know kind of family posts. But if my diet, my information diet consists largely of sugar, I, I, I'm I'm not going to be healthy. Oh I'm yeah, just it, you're going to sick. get sick.
0: Yeah, 100%. I I don't think I wonder if people have there's not a lot of discussion or you know a place that or psa announcements you know public service announcements that help us to see our social media as 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 what you know oh it it should be only used as like a photo album or it should be <laughs> a place where do you know i don't think there's you oh, know yeah. there's there's not really um kind of a guide for how should you use this medium? You know, if you're getting your news oh, yeah, from yeah. your social media, probably not a good idea. <laughs> probably not. If you, you know, so what, there's not really a oh, good yes. guide.
2: No, and this, I mean, you know, we, this, this leads to a, a lot bigger discussion here, but, but, I, you know, one of the really interesting windows into all of this is look at how Silicon Valley tech executives and their families use social media. Like, by and large, they don't.
1: Yeah, they don't. You're right.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, by and large, the people who run these companies don't use these platforms because they, they know it's a cesspool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it, this is a product, right? And if the product is free, you know, like, if the service is free, the product is you.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, I was wondering if, um, you know, like, I, you know, if we can leave people with like a some kind of
2: guide. My recommendation is just what I'm trying to do myself, you know, and what I'm trying to do myself is use social, social media, a lot less. When, when I'm looking at a source, you know, especially if I get like excited about it, if I feel like a pang of emotion, like kind of double check the source, double check if, if, if what, if what the source is saying is accurate. And then when I'm posting, try to post something that isn't like a disparaging of, of a whole group of people. Mm-hmm. Try Definitely. to find some way to like, remind myself of the need to be empathetic that there are other human beings on the other side of this thing who if I sat in a room with and had dinner with I would like them I would care about them and that I wouldn't say these kind of things to their faces
1: and that that's really it's really a question of motive
2: yeah 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 do you want to move forward together because I promise you there's a lot of people out there you can see it in their posts you can hear it in the way they talk they don't want to move forward together. They want the other side to be defeated, yeah. to be yeah. destroyed, oh, yeah. to be annihilated. Like it is the totally simplistic fantasy of people who are scared.
0: And their fear is stoked by the information that they're taking in. And so, yeah.
2: you know, and there's and there's a and there's a multi-billion dollar industry that that thrives on doing exactly just that.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I've even thought, you know, if you are not sure about you know if you're if all you're doing is reading news from one source that's that's a red flag mm. look for other sources in fact i thought the perfect really medium you know if you're unsure is just read your local paper <laughs> like if you don't read anything yeah. else just subscribe to your local paper mm-hmm. and that way you're reading just read the national news there because they usually source from a variety of papers right. in the country for national news and read your local news and be done like don't read anything else at least you're getting a, a you know what's going you on you know what's going on yeah and you know your local paper you can have a relationship with to your get local sucked paper sucked in
1: i i feel like okay so chemo you mentioned sugar you know if you're on an all sugar diet you know you you're gonna eventually get sick so I'm I'm just gonna pick a vegetable that's healthy, kale. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so let's say I eat nothing but kale. Am I gonna be healthy? No, I'm still no, no no I'm, no, no. Yeah, no because no, I have yeah. a point I'm gonna make because yeah 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 kale is super healthy it's super awesome for you but if all you eat is kale there are gonna be other vital nutrients that are not in kale that you're going to be missing because you're not getting enough variety. I feel like the news can be kind of the same thing. It's so easy to get sucked in, especially whenever you find your favorite news source, the one that you think is for real and, you know, all others are fake. And all you digest is that one news source, you're going to be missing out on a Bigger picture.
0: Well, I think kale is a great analogy because <laughs> yeah. then we're not saying anyone's news source is bad because I don't right. want to call anybody out because that's all is going to do is make people defensive.
1: Exactly. So, well, I'm well, I'm, you know, I'm not you, even going to even...
0: name a network. Right. That's not. Go ahead, Kimo.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go if you go back to looking at like ecology and natural systems, every natural system in the world operates on the principle that that the increases of diversity. Create increases of survivability.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: like they, they it, thats just the way it works. Like mm-hmm. when you start to get a lack of diversity, you start to get huge vulnerabilities in systems.
0: Yeah, like when you know people. How about don't marry your sister and
2: don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know that's I... an issue we can all come together on. <gasps> Yes, we can. <laughs> I'm Finally, sure there's a few circles consensus. that maybe might disagree, but I think for the most part.
0: <laughs> you know, I want to um, kind of end with like a five-minute, three-minute discussion, Kima, I'm wondering, and, and Leslie, if you think that, you know, we're talking about kind of our responsibility, each user, but what about these media giants, these um, social media giants, like like Facebook and Twitter? Do they, if they're so progressive... I would love to see them get ahead uh of this and and say, "You know what? I'm going to put out PSA, PSAs. I'm going to uh, you know, through people's feeds kind of put up reminders of, you know, check your news sources." Yeah. Um, hey, how about we're going to host a town hall meeting, you know, virtually. Plug there's, in. There's,
2: there's a there's a really and I would recommend everybody who's listening to this to check out there's a there's an article that came out in wired magazine and maybe you can find it and we'll have to there link there it there to the show okay. we'll send, send it, it to me in our show yeah, notes like, yeah it, there's an article that came out of wired magazine a week or so ago and it was looking at the kind of the last two years inside facebook and it is a fascinating fascinating window into how facebook uh you know facebook for for a long time has been trying to maintain that it's it's not a media company, you know, it's, it's just an open platform. It's not here to make editorial decisions. It's not here to recommend how people use it. It's just an open platform. And, and what has happened is they've gained more and more power is that that open platform has been used and abused by lots of ruthless actors. Hmm. And Facebook has had to come to realize that their original mission you know, to connect people was actually hurting a lot of societies. It was actually creating a lot of problems that, that, you know, were contrary to anybody's values and they've had to go through a big rethinking and they're, I think they're still in the middle of it of what should, what should their responsibility to society be and, and how should they be promoting that through the way the platform is used? And, and so, I mean, these things are, are huge, huge debates for these companies because, you know, not just the the sort of the the future of our societies, or the future of those business models, depend on on whether or not that the, those platforms end up becoming something that's helpful or harmful to our societies.
0: Yeah, and you know they should because they do wield great power, even if they Enormous don't want power. it. Even Enormous if power. right, mm-hmm. Kima, this has been uh, really great. I think that we talked about we we gave people some tools. I think that were practical, and I hope that we gave them hope. Um, that we can come out of this together and mm-hmm. where we are not victims of kind of the fallout of social media, this negative side of social media that can churn us up, um, you know, that we can kind of take back some of that power yeah, and and use social media in a way that moves us forward, uh, that, that is more positive than negative.
1: We need that now, and our kids need that now. Every kid that is sitting behind a desk at a school needs that now. Mm -hmm. We have to come together, or we're never going to see any sort of positive social change.
2: Absolutely. we We are wired as a species to connect to each other, and we are wired as a species to cooperate with each other. That's that's why we have taken the dominant position on the planet, you know, and, and now it's this new challenge with new technologies to, to get through this adolescent stage of the technology where we recognize the destructive potential of it. We recognize our own destructive potential and we, we work past it. We overcome it as 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 social beings like that is the challenge for everybody.
0: That is a great way to yeah. end the podcast, um, and we appreciate so much you being on the show. Thank you, Dr. Kim Acquaintance.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, ladies.
0: All right, everyone. So go out and uh, move forward. Move forward. Um, be open to your friends and your family, and listen to them. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed the Gritty Girls podcast, please help us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Just grab your iDevice and inside the podcast app, search for Gritty Girls podcast. Click on our logo and once there, scroll down to rate and review the show. Finally, hit subscribe. If you don't have an iTunes account, it'll ask you to create one.
1: And for Android listeners, download the free Stitcher radio app and search Gritty Girls Podcast.
0: You do need to listen to an entire show before you'll be allowed to leave a review.
1: For all others, you can find us on our website at grittygirlspodcast.com.
0: And please join our Gritty Conversations by heading to our website where our next show topics are listed. Pick one that resonates with you. Call our chat line and record your thoughts. Quick one or two lines will do, and then you'll have a good chance of being on our show's WDYT segment for What Do You Think?
1: We only have one rule. Enter the conversation with an open mind. Thank you for listening. Until next time, listen to understand, seek out growth, and keep the heart and mind open.